In its quest to provide an open forum for discussion of controversial issues, this station allows hosts and their guests to express themselves without any significant censorship. You're advised that any views expressed by the hosts or their guests are not necessarily the views of Tuggy Entertainment or its partners. Welcome to The Sociable Homeschooler with Vivian McNinney. Vivian is here to talk to you, to encourage you, and to show you how she had a successful homeschooling experience with her Wildflower Academy, and that her kids turned out great, and that with God's help, you can create the same experience she did. From her beginnings in Hostert, West Germany, to Dallas, it's been quite a journey, and her abilities to adapt, survive, and thrive are what make her unique in homeschooling. So have your pen and paper ready. It's The Sociable Homeschooler. And now, here's your host, Vivian McNinney. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Psalm 19, verse 14. Good morning and good afternoon. Welcome to The Sociable Homeschooler. My name is Vivian McNenny, and I'm going to be bringing you homeschool insights and delights from our household where God dwells in every nook and cranny. Well, at least we try to remember that as we're rushing around like wild things, keeping everything show ready. Here, life is often ordinary, always busy, and sometimes sad. Each week, I cajole and tempt a member of the public to join me for part of the show. I offer them tweeting promises and other social media goodies, and they come willingly to talk about aspects of family life, which usually relate to homeschooling and always speak straight to the heart of parents who place the responsibility of child-rearing above their highest joy. Yes, that's my English accent you're hearing. Though I've lived in this Lone Star State half my life, I just can't bring myself to say y'all. After the first break, I'll be welcoming back my friend Gretchen Rowe from Calvert School. She has news about some exciting changes going on there to do with high school, so don't budge. I'm loving my high noon time. I cleaned the bathrooms this morning to get them on my did-do list. And now everything I have left to do will be okay by me after scouring out the toilets. I've already had my 11Zs, cup of tea, uh, while you weren't listening. And I'm all set for an hour to dedicate just to you. So grab whatever it is you're drinking and let me engage you with more retreat happenings, new shoes, big thought daffodils and memorials. You ready? This week has been one of those weeks. You know, if I listed everything that I did this week and the latter end of last week, you would wonder where I found time to draw breath, but I did. I had, um, what did I do? Well, I mean, at the end of last week, we were doing Big Thought, and um, we only have four more weeks to go before the nuptials. And my blue-eyed cowboy and I agreed to approach the final stretch with laughter and prayer because this is supposed to be an exciting new phase of our lives. And with God's help, I can put aside the human condition and take heart. And you know how those things go. I mean, we don't seem to be doing very much, but every little bit adds to what we're already doing. And before we know where we are, it's snowballed into a mass of activity. Our devotion this morning from Luke eleven seventeen read, any kingdom divided against itself will be ruined and a house divided against itself will fall. So prayer it is laid out as a verdant path for the happy couple to walk in protection. That's our goal for the next four weeks. But wedding plans weren't all that were upsetting my week. I'd had a one-day retreat that gave me solace and a hectic tower behind 
shower behind me, which our dear friend Walter from the theatre attended, bringing his wheelchair and oxygen along for company with his good spirits and fragility. I imagined myself being able to move methodically through the days of this week and eventually reaching the weekend after visiting with children, friends and my blue-eyed cowboy for coffees and chats and a walk or a bike ride or prayer around the labyrinth or something. But like all things in real life, that didn't happen. Last thing on Sunday, my Texan and I were asked to join the quality panel of Big Thought, a creative education group who examined the effects of the arts in all its forms during the after-school programs in the Dallas Independent School District. Since this is the only time I get paid, I jokingly say I haven't been paid in 20 years, we accepted the challenge willingly and stuffed five days of work into two to free us up for the three days of compensated toil starting on the Wednesday. On Tuesday morning, Walter, our friend with the oxygen, began struggling with his breath and panicking. In the absence of his hospice nurse, a friend helped into the hospital where he signed himself out of hospice and back into the monitoring hands of a well-equipped three-month-old hospital room. That night, things weren't looking so good for him. His pulse was still at 190 after 12 hours on a mask that was forcing oxygen into his lungs every time he prompted it to breathe. So we went to visit after dinner. We stayed for several hours and just kind of watched him and chatted with him every now and again. And when the time came to say our farewells, he pulled his mask off and insisted on a kiss. My cowboy said his handshake was still as strong as ever. And that was the last time we saw him. The following afternoon, I was told that they were going to put him on a morphine drip, which would take him to a place where he was comfortable, but couldn't be reached by any of us. And 30 minutes later, while we were heading to a school, um, a school to observe a class, I received a text from my oldest son to say that Walter had sat up in bed at two o'clock, removed all his monitors, pulled off his mask, leaned back on his pillow and said, that's enough. I'm done. And he died less than 20 minutes later, peacefully. His sister, his priest, a few friends and nursing staff were there with him. And it took us all by surprise, but I could just hear Walter saying those words. Thus began the memorial service planning, which we helped with. Everything happened so fast here, we hardly have time to catch our breath. We gathered and scanned photos for a slideshow our filmmaker's son was compiling. We edited parts of his radio show with me so that Walter himself could talk at his memorial. And we arranged for a venue and a funeral home. And this was all while we were doing that being paid for job. In answer to many of his family and closest friends' questions about whether Walter had made his peace with God, the priest at the funeral home, who had become his friend through their shared love of ham, radio and dogs, told us this amazing story. George was a priest in the Episcopal Church and he and Walter had met five years ago at the ham radio club where they were both members, and they'd quickly become friends. George said they were on the brink of becoming really good friends when Walter passed away. This time last year, when Walter was diagnosed with cancer, he told George, who as a priest naturally asked, do you have a church home? No, said Walter. And his friend at this point admitted to telling Walter a very little white lie. He said the soundboard at their church wasn't working right. Would he like to come and take a look? As a technical director, Walter took the bait and visited the soundboard that very next Sunday. And he soon became a member of the church. And during the year, moved from the very back of the auditorium to the front. 
George said they had many conversations about death and God, and Walter developed a personal relationship with his Lord and Savior that manifested itself in a very powerful way the last Sunday he was alive. George recounted that he saw Walter as usual. He had oxygen on and was in a wheelchair, but he was smiling at church. When the time came for communion, Walter's sister pushed him forward to receive, and when it was his turn, Walter lunged out of his chair with a strength and a steadiness that surprised all who witnessed it to receive the body of Christ. George told us that many people had been touched by his response to the host and told him afterwards how this simple action of acceptance and reaching out to meet his friend Jesus had changed their lives. What a lovely witness. His presence later that same day at my son's shower showed the deep love he had for all his friends who cared for him, especially the children from the theater whom he'd watched grow up and get married and have families. He lived love to the very end, and he'll be sadly missed. His memorial service afterwards was at the Performing Arts Center, where he had spent 27 years of his life. It was a wonderful and positive celebration and included words spoken by Walter himself of his aspirations for 2013 that I had recorded last year. May his soul and all the souls of the faithful departed rest in peace and let perpetual light shine upon them. Walter was 53. Last week, I was talking about how to distinguish the days while we were at home all the time. How did times we didn't homeschool differ from the times that we did? So this week, I'm going to back up a little and talk about the days when I was still at work and the children were in school or daycare. In those days, I'd look forward to holidays with excitement mixed with not a little trepidation. I spent so much time at work, my children were almost strangers to me when I had them all day not just at bedtime and breakfast. Until I resigned from my corporate America position, holidays were times not only dictated by school closures, but also by the conscious decision not to enroll my children in daycare or camp, but instead to take a holiday myself. Consequently, if we could afford to go away, we would, but more often than not, we'd stay at home and just have fun. Only it never really worked that way. Holidays became a time when I wanted to have fun on my own. Anyone who got in the way was in a lot of trouble because I worked hard all year. And these few days off were more than earned and past due. I must admit that the thought did fleetingly cross my mind that I should take vacation by myself. But then everyone would think me odd, wouldn't they? The children had a hard time of it, too, because to them it was Saturday and Sunday over and over again. They found it hard to adapt to being together all the time and fought mercilessly, causing me to crave my office and political adult company. Perhaps it was my uncertainty that spurred them on to discord. I even considered cutting my vacation short the year Hobbs and I had to separate and take our offspring to opposite directions just to keep the peace for an hour or two. As is always the case, though, things started to calm down just as it was time to return to the world of work, daycare and school. And I returned to corporate America and interacting with my children at the beginning and end of the day. When I resigned from my job, things got a little better. Every day was a holiday for me and the baby. The other three were at school and we enjoyed our simple life together. I managed spring break and Christmas with all four of them. I pretended they were very long weekends. After Easter, I realized that summer was looming. And all of a sudden, out of the blue and sunny skies, it was upon us. Time to get a part-time job, I thought. But I'm nothing if not a trooper. I'd learned from corporate America that you enter into a new enterprise for a few days or even a few weeks before making a life-changing decision about it. You have to give it a chance. So I did. And you know what? The children started to get used to each other and me. I began to get to know my children and even grow to like them. 
Then all too soon, it was back to school and the old routine, and they grew apart again, and the bickering started. Where had all the closeness of the summer gone? Was family unity really so fragile that at the slightest touch, a hole was torn through it like a spider's web? Yet, unlike the spider, I was unable to repair that hole while the children continued to go their separate ways each morning and evening. By now, I was beginning to see my life and my role as mother in quite a different light. Yes, light is the word because my vision not only illuminated the path I'd choose to follow later, it also lightened the burden I was carrying. I craved holidays as one thirsts for water or companionship from a loved one. And finally, not a moment too soon, a well-heeled stranger popped into my life and I was homeschooling and wondering how to differentiate the days without work and school and daycare. But I soon figured it out. Just change up the routine a bit and all's well in a flexible family. And it looks as though it's time for me to go on a break. So I'll be back with my guest in just a moment. How do you handle toddlers, teens, and tirades when homeschooling? That's what we're working on now. It's Vivian McNinney, the sociable homeschooler, and we'll be right back after these. Evermore, people have the means to live, but no meaning to live for. These are the words of Dr. Victor Frankel, the inspiration for the movie Victor and I. That's V-I-K-T-O-R and I, movie.com. And TalkSense Radio, The Meaning Connection. With host Mary Simaluka and frequent contributor Alexander Vesley. Friday afternoons at 3, 2 central on Toginet.com. More and more people today are discarding their quest for money, possessions, and things and are instead beginning a serious quest to find meaning in life. Until now, these discussions were historically in the hands of priests, ministers, and scribes, then to philosophers, psychiatrists, and psychologists. Now, these deep discussions are where they should be, in the hands of individuals, on the air, with you. Talk Sense Radio, The Meaning Connection, with your host, Mary Simaluka, and frequent contributor, Alexander Vesley. Friday afternoons at 3, 2 central, on toginet.com. Tune in to the Travel Chick Show with Bonnie Kitohata. Mondays at 4 p.m. Pacific here on the Rockstar Radio Network. Bonnie will share with you an hour of travel ideas, experiences, adventures, and tips from her guests. Topics range from local day trips to international excursions. From organized professional vacations to spur-of-the-moment getaways. For fun or business, groups or solo, by bus, car, plane, train, boat, bike, hike, or horse. You'll also hear about travel-related subjects like cultures, travel photography, keepsakes, and more. Whether you love to travel yourself or you enjoy seeing the world vicariously through others, join us and enjoy travel stories from around the U.S. and around the world. For more information on The Travel Chick Show, check out Bonnie's website, thetravelchick.com. Then join us for the show, The Travel Chick Show, live Mondays at 4 p.m. Pacific Time with your host, Bonnie Kitohara, here on the Rockstar Radio Network. Welcome back to The Sociable Homeschooler with Vivian McNinney, the show for any homeschooler at any point in their homeschooling career. Join us as we plow through the problems, tackle the challenges, and celebrate the successes. It's The Sociable Homeschooler on Toginet. And now back to your host, Vivian McNinney. My guest this week 
is my good friend on the air, Gretchen Rowe, community liaison for Calvert School and a homeschooling mother of six. She has two still at home, a seventh and second grader, and a freshman, junior and senior in college, and one married with children. Gretchen and I have talked about many things during her visits to my show since 2010 when she was my fourth guest. We're now on show 159. Can you believe it? She's used and still uses the Calvert curriculum for all her homeschooling curriculum. And today she has some exciting news about extending beyond eighth grade, which has been a long awaited for occurrence. Gretchen lives just outside Annapolis, Maryland, and she conducts webinars and travels around the country giving talks and presentations at homeschool conferences. Hello, Gretchen. Lovely to have you with me this afternoon. It's great to hear your voice, Vivian. It's well, just uh, very exciting. I, you sound so calm uh, knowing all the exciting things that are going on in your life. So. Oh, I know. I know. Well, I just I've, otherwise, you know what? Otherwise, it would ruin it. And I think I don't want to look back and think oh, that was the most stressful time of my life. I want to look back and go, I really enjoyed that, you know. That's right, exactly. Because <laughs> this is number one, you know, and I have potentially three more to go, so I don't want to kill myself doing this. <laughs> Well, I do have to say that it was much easier to be the mother of the groom than it was to be the mother of the bride. So. Well, well, but the thing is, the problem, the main problem is that her mom isn't here and she's getting married here. Right. And so I keep on wanting to step into the role of her mom because her mom's not here. And I keep on taking a step backwards and going, no, no, no. No, no, you're not her mum. And so, and she's running it. See, she's organizing it all herself. And so I'm kind of going, okay, what do I need to do? And so whatever I've been given to do, I'm doing. And that's it. And I'm being really good about it. So I'm just, I'm just, you know, sort of talking to my son and he's going, I'm just leaving it to her. So I said, okay, we've got four weeks and they'll be great. And you know what? It doesn't help. Well, it does help maybe that this is Lent. And it's Easter Sunday, like five days before they get married. So I got, you know, we're dealing with all of that too. So this whole spiritual religious, you know, sort of thing is going on. So Gretchen, okay. You're, you're, you asked if you could use your cell phone. Does that mean you're out and about or are you at home? I am. I am. I am. uh, (laughs) Today I have two young men who are taking a Taekwondo class, um, which I also participate in. And I left Taekwondo in order to be on the phone with you. So, well, well thank you so much for the doing The whole this. class is gathered at the window watching me. So. Oh, okay. Well, you know, being on a radio show doesn't look a whole lot different to just being on your phone. So, <laughs> did you tell them exactly. that? Exactly. I told them that. Well, they were they were actually dialing up a computer when I was leaving the uh, building. So, oh, all right. They so may they very well be you. listening. Oh, right. Okay. Well, good, good. All right. So years ago, when we first started talking, I don't know if you heard that you were my on my fourth show, and this is now my 159th show. So congratulations. That, that speaks a lot for your longevity and persistence. I know, I know, I'm going, ah. But anyway, I've enjoyed every moment of it, I have to admit. Anyway, when I first started talking to you, um, you were talking about, you know, obviously we talked about the Calvert curriculum and I know that I had used it and it just goes to eighth grade. And I said to you, okay, so what happens after eighth grade? What do students do? And you had said that uh, once they had graduated from eighth grade with Calvert, they were pretty ready for pre-college and possibly dual credit courses, college classes and that. And so now um, the company itself, your company is looking into that high school area. Tell us about that. Tell us what's going on. 
Well, Calvert has a long-standing tradition. Uh, the education division is an outgrowth of the brick-and-mortar Calvert School here in Baltimore, Maryland. Mm-hmm. And um, in the last year, we found ourselves in the position as Calvert Education Services to be able to expand our educational offerings by being acquired by a, um, an organization here in Baltimore called the Camden Partners Group. And okay. it really doesn't mean anything different for our families. If anything, it's going to give us um, more working capital to be able to enhance the offerings that we have for our families. What it means for us is it finally gives us the um, financial bandwidth to be able to expand the the fabulous Calvert curriculum into the high school arena. And okay. we are so excited about that. Okay, so... Let me understand this completely. Your bricks and mortar Calvert School goes further than eighth grade or does just go to eighth grade? No, it actually only goes till eighth grade. Okay. And they are the historical connection that we have. We actually were an outgrowth of the brick and mortar Calvert School. Um, being the oldest homeschooling curriculum, mm-hmm. we began in 1906. Mm-hmm. offering home education materials. Um, and if you remember your American history, that was a year when the flu was um, uh, epidemic in proportion and many children were being kept at home by their parents. Mm-hmm. But their parents still wanted a way to educate them. So mm-hmm. our headmaster, Virgil Hillier, created the opportunity mm-hmm. for them to have the same quality education that I, they would have had at Calvert School at home. And over the past 100 years, that has evolved now for Calvert to have educated over 600,000 students. <clears throat> the brick-and-mortar goals still remain to be a small, local, um, wonderful academic experience for K through 8. Mm-hmm. And now we have been given the opportunity to be able to expand our offerings into the high school arena because of this new affiliation with Camden Partners Group. Okay, so what is that going to look like? Are you still going to have the teacher manuals and the yeah. – um, so, so tell, yes, tell us about it what is, it's going to I, look like. I have to say, in all honesty, um, that's a question we're all asking a great deal right now because um, we're not exactly sure um, how this is going to play out. In all honesty, when you compare apples to apples, a K-8 through education in the U.S., with small exceptions, it is the same kinds of curricular demands state by state. Mm-hmm. High school demands, however, are very different. So I believe the direction that we are going to head in is we are going to provide that essential core content, four years of English, four years of mathematics, um, four years of science, those kinds of content pieces that parents have anxiety about providing themselves. And then we will uh, provide avenues for families to find those resources that would be more um, subjective as far as um, credit courses for um, children as far as their creativity, be it a sign language course or be it um, um, a pottery class or something like that. So I think that our goal is to head towards creating the core content. Our plans are to debut a ninth grade 18 months from now, and then we will add a grade every academic year succeeding that. So our current Calvert 6th and 7th graders 
depending on when they began their Calvert curriculum, will have the opportunity to experience a Calvert High School offering. So I know with your teacher manuals that they do get updated and looked at. I'm sure you have a team of people working with all of your teacher manuals every year. Are you going to have a separate team working on this ninth grade, or is it going to be the same people? How how do you know how that works? Um, in both yes and yes, <laughs> we are bringing more people on board to work with the specific um, semantics of a high school curricula. We will mm-hmm. bring. Um, individuals who have specific expertise in those high school areas. And we will be creating something that aligns with um, uh, the national standards for teaching. So, um, for instance, this year in Calvert, we introduced a new mathematics curriculum. Calvert Math has been a wonderful curriculum, and we will maintain that curriculum, but we also had to meet the demands of families in states who had to align with Common Core Mm-hmm. And so have augmented our, our mathematics curriculum with a separate curriculum that is a Singapore-based math platform. And it gives us the opportunity to then um, provide curricula that meets state standards where homeschooling families are required to adhere to that common core requirement. So there is a little bit of a choice then in what you receive yeah. in your box at the beginning of the year? Yes, exactly. Yeah. I have one yeah. son who is a, a Calvert math student and another son who is a Singapore math student. Okay. And it makes life very interesting for their instructor. <laughs> <laughs> I bet, I bet. All right, so um, your curriculum, oh no, your manual, I'm still talking, I don't know why I'm, I'm obsessed with the teacher manual. Well, I do know why I loved the teacher manual when I did Calvert. It had so much in it. Um, when you get to the eighth grade, you said it's pretty much written to the students. So your high school manuals are going to be written to the student, I take it. Yes, and what yeah. we are, what is on the drawing board at the present time is creating a manual that, based on the amount of effort the student puts forth, we will be looking at um, the kind of quantitative experience the student has. So if the student wants to put in the extra amount of work necessary to make it an honors level course, okay. that will be available as part of that. Okay. Oh, wow. That sounds, um, it sounds very, um, encouraging and, you know, cause I know there are a lot of parents that go, oh, Calvert, eighth grade, and then it's finished. Then now what do I do? You know, they have to go somewhere else, but at least now you, it's going to be more of a, you know, a continuation of, of the excellence that you provided from K to eighth. Um, right. Yeah. And, um, okay. So are you going to be preparing these students? Will they be able to take their PSATs and their SATs? I have, I, I don't know how we're going to handle that, but I make the assumption that there will be some sort of um, focus on that, whether it is um, utilizing tools that will introduce the students through their in English and um, literature courses to the vocabulary that would, they would see on the PSAT and the SAT and the ACT or mm-hmm. uh, or, or something akin to that. It just seems to make good common sense to help children be well prepared for that. Yeah. And yeah. what I'm reading as far as um, uh, SAP and ACT preparedness is that colleges are beginning to put more and more emphasis on those tests and less on class rank because mm. it's very difficult to quantify a class rank if you're a graduate in a class of 10 versus a graduate in a class of a thousand. That's a yeah. sort of 
not an apples to apples comparison. No, so no. The tests will become ever more important for us. Well, Gretchen, we have to go on a short break. We'll be back in just a moment. Okay. How do you handle toddlers, teens, and tirades when homeschooling? That's what we're working on now. It's Vivian McNinney, the sociable homeschooler, and we'll be right back after these. Everyday Autism Miracles with Shannon Pinrock. Friday afternoons at 2, 1 central on toginet.com. Life after an autism spectrum diagnosis doesn't have to be difficult. It can be joyful, happy, and filled with hope. Join Shannon Penrod, author, speaker, coach, and mom of a six-year-old recovering from autism for this inspirational hour of hope. She's even authored a series of children's autism books with her son, Jim. For more information about the books, Shannon, and Everyday Autism Miracles, go to her website, shannonpenrod.com. From there, you can also get to her other websites, blogs, and connections. On Everyday Autism Miracles, you'll hear stories from parents whose children have made miraculous strides. You'll also get the inside dish on therapies, treatments, supplements, and how to get funding to help you afford them. Miracles abound in the autism community. So tune in for Everyday Autism Miracles to listen, share, laugh, and surround yourself with hope. Everyday Autism Miracles with Shannon Penrod. Friday afternoons at 2, 1 central on Toginet.com. Is there more living for you to do? Yes. Start living inspired. Be here for Living Inspired with Trisha Goyer. Thursday afternoons at 4, 3 p.m. Central on toginet.com. Trisha will dig deep into topics that matter most to women, inspiring women to make a change in their own lives and to make a difference in the world, and maybe even deep within their own hearts. Trisha is a wife, mom, speaker, family expert, and author of 24 books. For more information on Trisha and Living Inspired, go to her website, trishagoyer.com. That's T-R-I-C-I-A-G-O-Y-E-R.com. Trisha's vision is to be the voice of hope and possibility for women of all ages. Her intention is to serve ordinary women by encouraging extraordinary things with God's help. Trisha expresses real life, real hope for real women. Is there more living for you to do? Yes. Start living inspired. Living Inspired with Trisha Goyer. Thursday afternoons at 4, 3 p.m. Central on toginet.com. Welcome back to The Sociable Homeschooler with Vivian McNinney, the show for any homeschooler at any point in their homeschooling career. Join us as we plow through the problems, tackle the challenges, and celebrate the successes. It's The Sociable Homeschooler on Toginac. And now back to your host, Vivian McNinney. You said it would take about 18 months to get ninth grade um, debuted, but it's not going to take you 18 months per grade, is it? I don't think so. (laughs) Um, To tell you the truth, everything is so um, in the midst of development right now that um, things change by the day. Yeah. Uh, But we, we set that target goal with the acquisition that we would debut ninth grade in 18 months and we're sticking to that, you know, so that right now that's my story and I'm sticking to it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, that's, you know, just wonderful. I know that's really, really good news for your, for your Calvert um, um, customers and for the new ones coming on, on board. As far as textbooks go, are you going to, are you going to go more towards computer resources, other, you know, virtual learning, you know, use other stuff that's out there? I think there's a variety of tools that will be available to us that might not have the same degree of flexibility for the K-8 population that are available for the high school population. So 
I, at this point in time, I don't know, and I don't want to speak for the curriculum developers, but it seems okay. to make good common sense that that would be the direction they would be headed in. Yeah. So how do you feel like that as a Calvert user about all of this? <laughs> about time. <laughs> I'm yeah. excited that I'll at least get to have one Calvert High School graduate. So I uh, maybe not two, but at least one. Yeah. And we are very, very excited to have that experience. Yeah. So. so what did you do once you finished with eighth grade? Well, we have been very blessed to be in a homeschooling community that has a high school tutorial mm-hmm. that offers 25 different classes for eighth through 12th graders. And um, it happened to be less than five miles from my house. So my four high school graduates were all part of that tutorial experience Um some in larger degrees than others. Um, we also have the number one community college in the United States here in our local county. So mm-hmm. um, we took advantage of classes that they offered that were just fabulous. So mm-hmm. it was a great experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I said in your introduction that you have a freshman, junior, freshman, junior, and senior at yes. Uh, college? Yes, <laughs> yes, it's not in my wallet. So, <laughs> <laughs> and so you, um, your, your freshman is, it's she, yes. Is she at the local community yeah. college? No, actually she is in a, at a women's college in the Midwest. Um, okay. she comes home on spring break tonight. She's going to fly okay. in and, uh, she'll be home for two weeks and we're very excited to see her. Well, good, and then I have good. a daughter who's a junior in college majoring in special education. And she actually goes to the university of Baltimore. So she's here locally. Oh, okay. And then my senior in college is my eldest son, who is has about a year and a half married and happy as a clam, and graduates in about uh, eight or nine weeks. So it's uh, it's on its way. <laughs> oh, okay. So, so you have two married children. Yes. Yes. Oh, right. But so only you... one one with uh, children. I have okay. two grandchildren. So. Yeah. 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 I know. We've heard about that. They were living in your house when they had the second one, right? That's right. That's right. Yeah. But they're they're off on their own now, so we don't get to see them as often. It's not no. um, we miss them. So yeah, I'm sure you do. Now I know that I I just hopped over to your um, website, the Calvert website, just to see if I could see any difference, and there isn't any difference except that it's you know over the years it's it's progressed and become much more kind of virtual and sophisticated. Right. Um, so I noticed that you do webinars. Tell us about your webinars. Um, I, well, I have to tell you, I'm so glad that you um, offered me the opportunity to talk about that. A year ago, we started doing something very special called family seminars, which, for want of a better description, are professional parental development. Um, okay. Everything from how do you work with a child who doesn't like to write to um, ways to accomplish working with multiple children at a time. And each month's family seminar has a different theme and a different flavor. In March this year, we're actually going to teach study skills um, and talk about how to instill study skills. You know, frankly, that's one thing that sometimes we as homeschool parents don't assume we need to teach because we're there on a one-on-one basis with our children. Mm -hmm. We have to be able to teach them the capacity to take the time with us and translate that 
into a successful academic experience elsewhere, whether they stay with you through eighth grade or through high school and move on to college. So Mm -hmm. we're going to talk about that this month. It's going to be really exciting. And you don't have to be a Calvert family to participate. We have um, folks from all over the world of homeschooling who participate and um, in our seminars to be able to uh, obtain that information, and we offer them digitally, you know, just like TogiNet is on the air for yeah. um, people to be able to access when they have the opportunity. These uh, webinars are offered that way as well. Yeah, and you present them or, or do, do different. Yeah, you're, you're the I one do. that presents all of them. So how much how much preparation does that take, Gretchen? It depends. Um, we did one in January <clears throat> that is um, just about to be posted on our website that was talking about Internet safety, and mm-hmm. that was really five months of work on my mm-hmm. part to put that together. Um, I attended a variety of seminars and read five books and talked with a variety of experts in the field, and so that was an enormous amount of work. Some of the other ones have been less work. Um, yeah. This this particular one is about three weeks worth of work just to take all the threads and knit them together, if you will. So mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. it's a lot of fun. I enjoy it. It gets, it taps my creative side just a little bit. So. Well, good. And you say you go to class, you take classes and, and obviously read, read the books. And so you're doing all the research and being the student yourself yes. so that you can present <laughs> this. Yeah. Yeah, all things to all people, right, Vivian? (laughs) That's right. And then um, I know that you travel and you talk at at homeschool conferences. Can you take any of that material that you have worked so hard to put together into a webinar, do you take any of that and use it again? Yes, actually, um, I have two presentations that um, I do uh, nationally. One of them is on teaching time management skills, um, particularly to the, the focus was really middle school students, but we found that the principles that are applied can be taught all the way to my second grader uses them. And um, uh, there's actually a recording of that on uh, the Calvert website, but I do present that live. It, it elicits lots and lots of questions from parents, and they find if they implement the uh, practice, they are pretty successful. So that, mm-hmm. that's kind of exciting. Mm-hmm. So that's your time management. And, and so yep. you go out and when you go into a conference, do they ask you what you want to present or do they ask you to present a particular thing? Usually I make a request to do a presentation. Okay. Um, in some places, I just came back from Oklahoma and um, uh, presented at uh, two events out there and I was actually asked to come talk about um, 20 years of homeschooling experience. What, oh. you, you know, if you knew now, if you knew then what you know now, what would you do differently? So uh-huh. uh, that was a lot of fun. I enjoyed doing that very much. Yeah. yeah. Well, um, yeah, asking you for your um, input as because you're not only a Calvert um, representative, you're also a user of the curriculum. And um, so, you know, you've got all the you, you can say whether or not it works, which it does, obviously, and how you make it work. And um, so you get a lot of questions from from parents. What are, what are the what is the most common question? What are people most worried about? Because most of them who come to hear you are homeschooling already. So what what concerns are you hearing? Do you hear? 
The thing I hear most often is um, parents saying that they don't know if their efforts are yielding fruit. Am I Mm -hmm. doing something that ultimately is going to be beneficial and um, and uh, make my children contributing adult members of society? And I think sometimes we as parents um, are too hard on ourselves. We don't give ourselves enough grace to recognize that if we are in the position to raise our children, we certainly are in the position to educate them. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. you know, it's an exciting time. Um, sometimes you just have to trust the fact that you're in the right place at the right time and, and let yourself be in the moment with your kids and watch them grow and change. Yeah. Now, um, Calvert markets itself as a non what religious affiliated curriculum that's correct that's um, correct yes. we are yeah. what is defined as a secular curriculum curriculum okay but there is room in there for yeah. um christian families to or any families really who have a, a particular religious um, affiliation you know we found it advantageous for us because it has given us the opportunity to um uh supplement our academic experience with materials that have been beneficial for um, uh, our own religious preferences. Mm-hmm. So that, that has been very helpful. Mm-hmm. So I was going to ask you, do you, do you think Calvert has missed out on a market or do you think? I don't every- think so because no. I think it puts us in the position of being able to offer to families a first-class academic experience and then be able to supplement with the documents of faith that align with their own belief system. I know, and, and when I was doing Calvert, I really liked that too, because I had a look at some of the other curriculums, and, um, you know, sometimes there was an awful lot of the Christian thought going through there. You couldn't even do a simple writing exercise without it, you know, writing out the Psalms, everything. And so it right. seemed a little bit more narrow than Calvert. Calvert just seems a much broader um, spectrum of education, I think. We did find ourselves in this <laughs> position in using some of some Christian curriculum that didn't not necessarily line up with us doctrinally. So then That's we right. had, you know, it, well, it created apologists. That's the yeah. best way I can put that. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's right. defi- define their own faith. So that's that's right. That's right. Well, we're having to go on another um, quick break, but um, Gretchen, I was going to ask you if you could just come back for just five more minutes because I did have another question okay. to ask you. Um, okay. I've been all right. So um, for those of you just joining us, I've been talking to Gretchen Rowe, our community rela- uh, liaison for the Calvert School, and we're talking about Calvert's expansion into high school and other changes within the company. And after this short break, we will continue with our conversation. So don't go far. toddlers, teens, and tirades when homeschooling. That's what we're working on now. It's Vivian McNinney, the sociable homeschooler, and we'll be right back after these. Ministry is filled with both highs and lows, victories, and struggles. It can be the best job of the world, but it can also be the hardest. Where do you find the balance between serving God and the joy of truly knowing Him? 
Wellspring, tending the heart of ministry with Joanna Weaver. Thursday afternoons at 5 p.m. Central. Join us each week as pastor's wife, best-selling author, and host Joanna Weaver interviews women who serve God from the heart, both those who are well-known and those who minister in less visible ways. You'll discover tools for the ministry, but more importantly, you'll learn how to give God access to the deep places in your heart. For ministry is more than what we just do in public. It is who we are in private. Wellspring is here to inspire you to look into your heart of hearts and invest in the place ministry truly begins. For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So join us for an hour that just might change your life. It's Wellspring, tending the heart of ministry with host Joanna Weaver. Thursday afternoons at 5 p.m. Central on toginet.com. Have you ever wondered why America is facing such a health care crisis? Then join us for Dr. Peter DeVette Live every weekday at 1 p.m. Central on toginet.com. He'll answer your health care and medical questions and share with you his knowledge and opinions on topics ranging from holistic health care to spirituality and wellness. You'll find out about the roots of your health care challenges versus symptom management, the holistic approach, how the spirit, mind, and body connection is critical in both the development of illness and the solution to illness, how emotions are directly related to physical illness and how to read your body like a book. Dr. DeVette will also go through your personal questions and how you can navigate through the illness maze. Supplements, medications, therapies, treatment options, surgeries, all kinds of things related to your health. Dr. Peter DeVent live every weekday at 1 p.m. Central on toginet.com. Welcome back to The Sociable Homeschooler with Vivian McNinney, the show for any homeschooler at any point in their homeschooling career. Join us as we plow through the problems, tackle the challenges, and celebrate the successes. It's The Sociable Homeschooler on Toginac. And now back to your host, Vivian McNenny. Well, Gretchen, I know that you travel for your job, and I hear you talking to people in the background there at your Taekwondo class. Um, you travel. So who um, looks? Who teaches your children or oversees your children while you're not there? Because I know that your husband is also working. So <laughs> He is. We um we cobbled together quite a creative quilt of uh, different things when I'm on the road for Calvert. Um, he has a little bit of flexibility, so he will be at home part of the time with the boys. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes the boys are in the care of my eldest um, daughter and her husband. Sometimes um, my my eldest son at home is uh, um, just a couple weeks shy of his 14th birthday, so mm-hmm. he is exceedingly mature, and sometimes there are, um, small space of time, you know, three or four hours where he may be in charge. Sometimes that's difficult because his seven-year-old brother is um, has that firstborn personality that says, I don't always want to cooperate with my siblings. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I also am blessed to have a couple of former Calvert friends who are willing to uh, step in and, and work with the boys. And so we just put together quite a cornucopia of um, different things for different needs and reasons, um, mm-hmm. and um, we're blessed that uh, uh, to be able to practice my favorite phrase, which is flexibility is a sign of intelligence, and sometimes we're very, very smart. <laughs> I, yeah, I hear you. I hear you. Um, so do you go all, you don't go all week, though. Is it usually just a, when is it? When do you go? Well, most of the time I'm gone Thursday to Sunday. Okay. Um, 
when I went out to Oklahoma, I was gone Tuesday to Sunday because I, I wrapped into it a visit to my daughter who's in college out in the Midwest. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we did uh, my seventh graders school. Um, we did Skype and he would uh, do the semantics of his lesson and then he would um, call me and via the uh, the magic of Skype, we would mm-hmm. be able to review his lessons and do his math and it worked out pretty seamlessly. We were pretty excited about that. It is, uh, so it's marvelous. So when you're asked that question, if you knew then what you know now, what would you do differently? I think, I think for homeschoolers, the world has changed so much. We can, we've got, we've got so many more resources at our fingertips that even in schools, they're not using as much as we're using. So we can do the kind of thing that we're doing. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And I really honestly think, um, you know, I think back to the very first curriculum conference that I went to was, um, uh, took up a very small portion of an airplane hangar. And now I attend curriculum conferences that literally you can exhaust yourself walking from one end of the building to the other. Yeah. Um, just because there is so much variety and so many things out there for people to take advantage of. Sometimes it's hard to sort through the forest for the trees. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know. So uh, that's why I, I have my show and I try to interview different people so that, you know, so that, you know, people know about Calvert so they can make a really informed um, decision when they're when they're looking at uh, other curriculum, you know, sort of compared to um, Calvert and, and what and how Calvert um, operates. So. Well, Gretchen, we've come to the end of our time. Um, I'll, I'm going to give a quick plug for your um, website. It's the www.calvertschool.org. And from there, you can just find out everything. You can get everything from there, right? Yes. Absolutely. And Absolutely. the next time we talk, you'll be a mother-in-law. I will. I'll be that dreaded, that dreaded icon. <laughs> my goal is to not be that one <laughs> that's right i'm not going to be because i don't have one so i don't have any example of a dreaded one well oh, i've been talking or i've been talking to gretchen Rowe. she's community liaison for the calvert school and she hosts webinars for their global students and also does parental de- development that way too you can find her and the curriculum at www.calvertschool.org and we talked about their acquisition by Camden Partners Group which allowed them to break new ground with high school curriculum so look for ninth grade in about 18 months yay that's what we've all been waiting for we also talked about the flexibility of the Calvert curriculum and how you can you know work outside the home a little bit and still keep going with uh, these great inventions like Skype and Gretchen I know that you're a very busy mom thank you so much for joining me this afternoon and sorry you missed your class but I did enjoy our chat it was great fun Vivian thanks again for having me on I was uh, delighted to be able to spend this time with you well thank you so much you have a great weekend and you as well bye-bye bye Well, as I said, it was a really busy week, so I actually went to a two-day retreat. I managed to squeeze that in for myself at a lovely Jesuit house called Montserrat by a lake. I walked lots of miles, and actually for the first time, I've been there three times, I discovered the beach, so walked along the shoreline, and I watched and heard dirt bikes racing along the mud flats. It was a bit scary as I was all alone, but I wasn't too far away from where I was meant to be. Um, I saw people fishing and I ate three hearty meals a day that I didn't have to cook, which is always a plus. And I didn't utter a conversational word until the final meal. 
And the grounds that this building sit on cover many acres, so I was tramping through the woods, remembering my English walks through the bluebell dells. I even enjoyed the cemetery. I love cemeteries, which was just across the road. And I found some early trout lilies. I took some photographs of those nestled among the fallen leaves. Leaves. And Sister Leslie from the community of the Holy Spirit was our retreat director, and she was encouraging us to waste time with God. What a wonderful image. And I tried to consider the last time I'd wasted time with anyone. I'm not a time waster. So it was I decided to focus on just the two of us, my God and me. I stayed away from intercessory prayer, powerful that may be. I likened it to someone I was dining with, checking his iPhone messages between snippets of conversation with me. Not a completely satisfying visit, know what I mean? So as far as my wandering mind would allow, I gave God, my full attention. Aging was the topic of the retreat. Most of us were on the other side of 50, so it was quite apropos. Since there's nothing we can do about getting older, we were encouraged to view it as a blessing, not a curse. Welcome the loss of hearing, eyesight, the appearance of wrinkles, the creaking. In Hebrew, the same word for blessings and curses is used. That's an interesting fact, isn't it? So, Here is a poem by Billy Collins entitled Forgetfulness, because I think that's the first thing that probably goes. The name of the author is the first to go, followed obediently by the title, the plot, the heartbreaking conclusion, the entire novel, which suddenly becomes one you've never read, never even heard of, as if one by one the memories you used to harbour decided to retire to the southern hemisphere of the brain, to a little fishing village where there are no phones. Long ago, you kissed the names of the nine muses goodbye and watched the quadratic equation pack its bag. And even now, as you memorize the order of the planets, something else is slipping away. A state flower, perhaps, the address of an uncle, the capital of Paraguay. Whatever it is you're struggling to remember, It's not poised on the tip of your tongue, not even lurking in some obscure corner of your spleen. It's floated away down a dark mythological river whose name begins with an L, as far as you can recall, well on your own way to oblivion, where you will join those who have even forgotten how to swim and how to ride a bike. No wonder you rise in the middle of the night to look up the date of a famous battle in a book on war. No wonder the moon in the window seems to have drifted out of a love poem that you used to know by heart. Take a positive view and enjoy life with all its foibles. And I did enjoy taking a few steps outside my comfortable warm box for three days to do the review panel for Big Thought. My Texan and I shared a car, so we were able to go to the same schools to observe different school programs. I was sitting in on English language enrichment, my favorite. And the first day ended up just being homework for an hour and a half, although the teacher did give me a copy of the book they were reading during book club, The Little Prince. That would have been wonderful had he done it. The next day I was more fortunate. The teacher was doing poetry with her eight young boys, third to fifth grade, and she kept them hopping. I heard original poems recited by each boy poet, witnessed impressive sight reading, peer review, brainstorming, lots of writing and enthusiasm. Some teachers just know what it takes, and I was impressed by the blending of the mixed age group. 
It reminded me of a homeschool, especially when she produced snack without interrupting the flow of the class and they were able to eat while they worked. During all of the rumpus of the week, our teacher daughter moved back from Corpus Christi. She isn't living at home, which was a relief since we have to keep it show ready and all her extra furniture would have been difficult to rehouse. And we would have done had we had to. And she managed to find herself a nannying job close to where she lives. She said she could ride her bike there. We saw her over the weekend for the memorial, which was good. It's been months since we've had the whole family together. And the next time that will happen will be for the wedding. I'm still looking for shoes. And I ventured out with Dorts and my cowboy. I was looking for a particular color to go with my dress and jacket. Always fatal. The only ones I found had really high heels. It was a test of my abdominals when I had to balance on six-inch heels to slip the second shoe on without a chair to sit on. Those modern stores where it's all self-serve don't have many chairs and no shoehorns. Remember those? Once shod, Dorts and I walked around in the high heel of the moment. Well, she changed hers a lot. She wasn't looking for anything specific. My poor blue-eyed cowboy just got shorter and shorter, and I told him he'd have to get lifts for the wedding. Ha ha. In the end, I came home and retrieved a pair of shoes I'd worn to my brother's wedding. I have all the matching accessories. It was just easier than trying to find the exact color that I want. And look at that. It's time for me to leave you for another week with my sh- with my shoe story. I don't have anything planned, but that doesn't mean we won't get caught up in a swirl of something exciting. Stations of the Cross tonight, no meat Friday, so pasta for dinner. I'll be back with another breathless show for you, same time, same place, next Friday. Without further ado, I'll say thanks to my handsome husband, who believes in love at first sight, our four children, who are the result of that belief, the hardworking staff at Toginet Radio, my guest this week, Gretchen Rowe, and you, my faithful listeners, especially Hannah, Joel, Rosemary, Kathleen, Jane, Olivia, Tina, and oodles of others who are part of my growing audience, including John Kimball, who called me. If you're listening, John, thank you very much for your comments. Don't forget to listen to my friend Ali Laprete on Mondays at 7, This Little Parent Stayed Home. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you. May the Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. Number six twenty-four to Thank you for joining us for The Sociable Homeschooler with Vivian.